Hey, what's up, family? Welcome to the Way Out Podcast featuring Josh. Well, that's me and my brother Jeff. <laughs> Hope y'all doing well this week, man. Hope you guys and gals are getting start uh, a good start to your week. Uh, I hope you guys are are really staying sensitive to the Holy Spirit as He leads you throughout your day and the the week, and 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 that you guys are bearing fruit. And we're excited to be in front of you all again to serve you all on today's agenda. We're going to be talking about physical touch, one of the love languages. We're going to do a live Q and A. So go ahead and get your questions ready. And we're also going to be talking about our top three favorite sandwiches. So make sure y'all stay tuned. What's going on, Jeff? How you doing, my brother? I'm doing good, man. Uh, I love when you open it up. You said, I hope that the, basically that the Holy Spirit is leading you through this week. And that's so important. I love that you said that. Um, but yeah, I'm doing really good. Uh, we're excited. Next week is spring break. We're going to Florida. So wow, um, that's good. Camilla and hey, uh, Vianita. And um, but uh, we're excited to kind of get away from everything because it feels like yeah. forever. We're taking a vacation, but um, you all have spring break too, right? So yeah, we start third. Well, Thursday is a half a day, so I'm excited, excited about it, man. I get a whole week off. It's needed, man. I need this break. I need this rest, and I'm definitely going to utilize it, man. So we have about ten days off, man. Yeah, I know it's going to be crazy. The boys are excited to be off. My mom just actually came by last week. That's why we missed it. So thank you all for allowing us to miss a week. Um, my mom came to visit, and it's not often that I get to see her because she lives in a completely different state. Yeah. So uh, because I worked during the day, I wanted to be able to spend time with her. So thank you all for allowing us to take a week off. Sure. And then next week we'll be off for um, spring break, but we'll pick it back up on the, on the 13th. But, yeah, man, we're doing really good. I'm glad to hear you're doing good. Um, how's the family doing? Oh, family's well, man. We 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 good, man. Everybody's good on this on our end. How about you on your end, my brother? Uh, the boys are excited to go on vacation. Uh, no, Henry, yeah, Henry uh, finished hockey season. They 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 lost their playoff game, so they didn't go to the championship. And he cried for about twelve minutes on the way home. Yeah, and I told him that I told him it was a good thing that he cried because it meant that he was passionate about That's what he right. was doing. That's right. And um, I said, if you didn't cry, I would think I would think that maybe you shouldn't be playing hockey anymore because uh, if I don't if I don't see you're all into something, then there's no point in doing it. And so, um, although he was sad that they lost, he actually had one of his best games ever because he hustled yeah. more than I've ever seen. Uh, just to clarify, Izzy, I don't know if you know this, but I know the people don't know that. You know, Henry's nine years old, but he plays in the 11 year old league. Gotcha. So everybody is uh, 11 or 12, so they're all older than him. And uh, I really like it because it challenges him to um, really try harder. So uh, uh, that's a life lesson we can talk about another time. When yeah, you put that's... yourself around people that uh, uh, challenge you, kind of like you and I do with each other. And mm -hmm. um, we've always been able to do that. And that's good. You should never be around people that don't challenge you. So um, Yeah, that's definitely a topic for sure, man, because I think a lot of people uh, love comfort. Um, I always say this, you don't grow in comfort zones, you grow in challenge zones. You have to challenge and be challenged. And unfortunately, our generation, a lot of people don't want the tough road. They no. they want the elevator, not the stairs. Um, but when it yeah. comes to success, when it comes to life, you got to go through the wilderness. If God himself had to go through the wilderness, what makes us think that we shouldn't, you know? Well, it's, go ahead. It's, no, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, that's it, bro. I just think we just have I to was, be... I was going to say, it's funny, and I don't want to get off topic, but I'll just say maybe this is for somebody. But I was uh, reading uh, when God 
spoke to, uh, I think, Ananias or Ananias, I can't remember. Um, and he said, I want you to go speak to, to Saul, who was who Paul, um, or Paul, who was Saul, and tell him what great things he must suffer for my name. Mm. And I was talking to Joanne tonight, and I was like, Joanne, do you realize that the first calling of Paul was to suffer? Yeah. I said, I said, you know, that doesn't go very well in American Christianity because uh, when your first calling is to suffer for the sake of Christ. Now, we're not talking about where you glorify suffering because some yeah, people exactly. are on the brand. Uh, I'm not talking about that. But what I am saying is that Paul was in a very dark culture, kind of like we are now, where everything was going the opposite of what God would intend for humanity to go in. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously, whenever Paul stood up for Christ, he's going to get kickback from the darkness that's around him. And so, so um, that is the type of suffering I'm talking about, suffering for, for standing on your faith. But um, yeah. anyway, so uh, today we're going to talk about, uh, unless you had anything else to add, my friend. That's it, brother. We'll say that for another podcast. That's a, that's a topic that may take us 40 minutes to unpack, if not more. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we can talk about suffering um, for being a Christian, uh, 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 meaning suffering for righteousness sake, not not yeah. for doing uh, wrong Not things. suffering due to um, poor stewardship. There's a big difference between or, suffering. Or bad decisions. Right. Exactly. So yeah. many people are saying they're suffering, but they have, more pet, they have poor stewardship. Exactly. So we're not talking about that. We'll do. I think we should absolutely do that. So let us know if you want us to do that in the comment section. And like, as he said, if you guys are coming in. I see there's a few questions, but make sure you keep on pouring in your questions so that when we're done with our day in the life of a family man, that we can uh, go into the questions. But uh, today, we're going to be talking about our last love language. And as you remember, there were five. And so uh, we, we talked about yours, which was acts of service, yeah. mine, uh, which was words of affirmation, gifts, which was my wife, Brittany, or, or my wife, Joanne, your wife, Brittany. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, both of their love languages are the same uh, with gifts. And then after that last time, although we weren't here last week, we talked about quality time, which are both of my boys. So Ethan and Henry, both of them took the kids test and came out as uh, quality time. Gotcha. So we've hit, we've hit me, Ezzy, both wives and my sons. And so the last one is physical touch. Yeah, And so there is sensual and non-sensual physical touch. And kind of what he talks about in that book is uh, there are different dialects um, uh, of touch, just like there are different dialects to languages and things like that. One of those dialects is uh, sensual, right? But the majority is not. So he talks about, and, and um, for those of you just joining, uh, the five love languages can be used in any relationship. So it's not just between a spouse and a spouse, it can be between me and Ezzy as friends. It, it can be between uh, you and your children, how you interact with them based on the love language that they feel that they are loved by whenever you you do those things. And so um, physical touch in the beginning, Ezzy, he, he kind of talks a lot about, and I, I really like this because he said, he talked about how uh, a lot of kids, if they were not hugged or held, um, kissed, you know, you know, at, from their parents uh, or from those closest to them when they were children, mm -hmm. that there are adverse effects to that when they are older. So, and uh, you and I both know people like that, uh, I'm sure. Yeah. And uh, and they struggle with that today because they never heard, you know, 
words of affirmation. Like we said, they never heard I love you, but they also never were hugged. They were yeah. never, you know, get, get, you know, I, uh, uh, they weren't, they weren't kissed. They weren't, um, you know, patted on the shoulder and say, good job. Or, um, you know, um, uh, putting your arm around, around them, you know, around your son and, and saying, I'm proud of you, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so as a result, they grow up without that. And then they, they, they completely break down unless Jesus comes in. Now, I know that there are some people that think that, you know, what you went through in your childhood cannot, cannot be taken away. That's not true um, because it absolutely can. It, right. It's not that you can take away a memory. It's that it's like a scar. It doesn't impact you anymore. It's That's there, right. but it doesn't impact you. It doesn't hurt because it's not a wound. It's healed. Hmm. And so the scar is there to remind you of what God did for you. But, you know, a lot of these kids deal with that. And so it's so important that as parents, you know, um, that if you're not giving them the, the affection that they need, um, especially if their love language is physical touch, you are setting them up for failure. You know, one thing I do with my boys now I have boys and, and obviously you're going to interact with boys different than you do girls. Right. I mean, in, in most instances, but like, for instance, my son, Ethan, he's 12. I don't kiss him on the lips anymore because he's 12. Right. But we still hug. We still wrestle. I still kiss him on the cheek. You know, and and uh, and I, I give him a high five and I pat him on the back. Henry, who's my nine-year-old and, and our last child, I still kiss him on the lips, although he doesn't let me do it as much anymore. And he's kind of getting out of that stage, and I, I want to cry about it. But anyway, yeah. um, but I still do all the other things. I kiss them both both on the cheek. They kiss their moms on the, on the cheek. You know, they kiss their mom on the lips. That doesn't matter. Uh, but um, you know, so things do change. But they've always had that interaction of touch since they were little, I've always made sure like pat them on the back. You're doing a good job, bud. You know, I'll squeeze them on the shoulder, you know, real tight after they, they played a, a, a sports game and said, I'm really proud of you. You got in there, went hard, or, you know, uh, now that they're the age, you know, they always give you dabs. You know, those are all examples of physical touch, you know, um, and, and making sure that you interact with them and it's non-sensual. And so as maybe you comment on that for a little bit, and then we can talk about, I, I think, one thing I, I wanted to end on at the end of it is that the uh, the aspect of non-sensual versus sensual where you're only expecting sensual but not interacting non-sensually uh, uh, through the touch and how that can set you up for failure in a spousal uh, relationship. Yeah. And I, and I think and I think we all have to understand um, the importance of touch for for our skin is our largest organ if we think about it, right? And and one of our greatest yep. senses is touch. Um, our eyes allow us to see the world, ears, all of our senses it allows us to engage the world in some kind of way. And when you have different forms of touch, you have different forms of outcomes, positive touch, yep. negative touch, extreme perverted right. touch, or, or you Correct. know, fake pop. Yeah, exactly. So I think we have to understand, especially with children and us older people who may not have had hugs or what now we have to realize, like Jeff said, that we cannot look at a scar as a wound or not allow that wound to heal. Because right. if we who have never been hugged or touched allow that to be uh, uh, um, the culture of our future homes, then we're right. sending down a current of ideology, a current of voids that's going right. to jeopardize generations to come. 
And, right. I, and I think we really have to understand the importance of touch and how and what touch communicates. Um, like mm-hmm. as a man, there's just a certain way I hug my wife that's different than the way I may engage another woman. Or it's, right. we have to know our boundaries and the parameters of touch. If not, we would be communicating different things that, right. that may have our good spoken evil of, that may send the wrong message. And I think we as a culture are losing that touch. And through this virus, it has been... Um, 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 perpetuated for us to stay away from each other because of the importance of community, because the importance of touch. I was watching an interview of a gentleman. He was talking about how one of his friends caught the, you know, quote unquote. And when yeah. they, when he, when he caught it, um, um, he was brain dead supposedly. And so the hospital was like, no, no, we can't, we're not going to allow uh, family in or not. And the guy who was his friend was like, no, we're going to bring his doctor in. And his doctor was like, this guy's not brain dead. So they started bringing his family into the hospital room. And as his family was there touching him and and, and praying for him and whatnot, the person came back to life. See? So we have to understand the, the perversion, demonically, reversal <clears throat> of it, that's going to cause us to lose community. They want us so connected to our devices that we actually become robots, that we actually become more technical than than human. And when we lose the ability of touch, correct touch, then we we lose the ability to heal. There are studies that said that a physical touch from a loved one can slow blood pressure, can slow a person's heart rate, Mm -hmm. can help decrease blood pressure. Well, what do your kids do whenever they're scared in the middle of the night? What do they do? I don't have kids. I'm just joking. I'm joking. I'm messing with you. But I know they, they, but yeah. they, they, they run to you so that you can hold them. Exactly. They don't stay in their room so you can talk to them. They run to your room so you can touch them, so you can yeah. hold them and tell them everything, pat them on the back and say it's going to be okay. And yeah. think of the different types of touch. The pat on the back is affirmation. Yeah. The hug is is love, right? Yeah. The enough. the all these different forms of touch communicate something that young people and people period need to know. A handshake shows confidence. You know, if I shake a person's hand and then put my hand on their elbow, it shows a different level of touch. Um right. the, the the just different things that I think is 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 beneficial and pivotal for us to understand as we engage then I think that we as a community will see more healings. We'll see more uh, people not stressed because of that touch. But go ahead, Jeff. I want to get to what you were saying. That's all I had quickly on that. So we can go ahead and uh, go to the next point. Yeah, no, I think that's important about um, uh, appropriate touch, right? And so, for instance, my boys know that um, nobody is allowed to touch them, right? Unless it's a doctor. It's so good. Even when they go to their doctor, they're like, listen, I'm only doing this with your mom in the room. If anybody ever does that, they cannot touch, you know, so there's appropriate yeah. touch, but yeah, just uh, encouraging them through that. And uh, like uh, Henry, my youngest, I, I was actually surprised he got quality time. I expected it to be physical touch really? because he's the kid that always wants to be held. He always wants a hug. He always runs to give his mom or me a kiss. He like, he, he, he's always, he has to touch you. He's, he's always like that. So that yeah. might, I, that might, if I looked at his thing, I bet you that was his second. I bet you it was real close Probably to his so. first. Um, whereas Ethan was not physical touch. Um, his was 
uh, quality time first, just like Henry, but then I think words of affirmation next. But anyway, um, yeah, so oh, so what I, I was saying about sensual and non-sensual was this. I was thinking about this, as before we got on, about, you know, if you're uh, – well, so Ezzy texted me and said, what is the love language that we have left? And I said, physical touch. I said, but it's non-sensual because if it was sensual, that would be every man's yep. uh, love language if it You're was right. that, right? So, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, for all you married folk out there. So anyway, but every man is like that. But it's not talking about that. So what I what the reason why I wanted to bring that up was this: you know, there are men that only want sensual touch, but they're never they never do non-sensual, meaning they don't hold hands, they yeah. don't hug. You know, um, giving your wife a massage without demanding sex is is, is an example of non-sensual. Um, uh, 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 putting your arm, or, uh, arm around them where not everything is a means to get to sensual exactly. touch, right? Yeah. Because remember, uh, 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 and this is, well, I don't even know if I want to say that, but like um, uh, there's only a certain person that only gets sensual touch. That is not your wife. So, so what I mean by that is that if you're in the world and go to Vegas, that person is going to, you see what I'm saying? Like I'm saying yeah. that is essential in that, in that, in other words, you shouldn't treat your wife like that. Exactly. Um, you, you don't, you're not in a relationship where it's just sensual touch. Uh, it is non-sensual as well because you, 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 um, love and care for the person. And so, um, if that's, if that's making sense, I'm, I'm saying that yeah. you shouldn't be just doing sensual without the non-sensual because then it's only about sex and not about actually developing a relationship and being caring and kind. You know, if that's the only way you ever touch them, and I'm speaking to the men because I can't speak for women, but if the only time you ever touch them is only to have sex, that's a problem that's because, problem. because you're not going to, you're not going to develop a relationship you're, it's, I mean, how is she any different from that person in Vegas at that point? If you never have any non-sensual interaction, it doesn't make sense. And that's what I'm getting at. It's important that you have those non-sensual touches of encouragement um, so that you, you, you build that relationship. And that's what he's talking about in the book, that although sensual is an aspect of the uh, physical touch, that non-sensual is just as, if not more important, uh, in that relationship building, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I think yeah. I think when it if, uh, since we're both married, we can speak on this. And the yeah. reason why I believe a lot of people, or I could we can speak for men, not for ladies, because we're not women. But uh, for some, or for many, or for whatever the figure or number is, many people's love is selfish. In yes. order for a marriage to thrive. Yeah and grow and mature, there must be selfless love. And the issue for a lot of men is ODP. I call it on-demand pleasure. The way, <laughs> the, way, the way you touch yourself will determine how often you want to be touched or touch others. And what messes up a lot of guys is that no wife can compete with on-demand pleasure, just like no man can compete with on-demand pleasure. On-demand <clears throat> pleasure is, is, is you know, when, when you mess with yourself and you're triggering yourself, watching pornography, all those different things is on demand. And, and a wife is not always going to be on demand. 
a mistress can be on demand, an escort can be on demand. Those type of services can be on demand. But if you as a single man or a man that's married is constantly triggering yourself sexually, triggering yourself lustfully, then you're going to only want to engage with your wife selfishly. But selfless love says, hey, I'm not here for myself. I don't need it. I desire it, but I don't need it. Need leads to perversion. And most people in relationships, they need to be touched, right? So they need that that sexual touch because they've been triggered or they tired of their singleness. They've been lonely and they need it. Therefore, the other person on the receiving end is not going to feel pleased or, 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 or loved because they know that that once it's over, it's over, right? And I think what we have to understand as people when it comes to sensual touch is that that should be the byproduct or the end result of genuine touch, genuine exactly. concerns. How, yes. does, how does all of you touch her? How does your <clears throat> eyes touch her? How does your ears touch her? How does your hands touch her? You know what I'm saying? How does your words touch her? Exactly. And vice versa. So when I speak, does my words touch her gently? Does my uh, 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 eyes, my glare, my glance, my attentiveness, does that touch her and make her feel secure right. and stable? All of these different forms of touch beyond physical, but how my ears touch her concerns, all those different things. And that's a work in progress because, right. because marriages work. But at the same time, as long as the heart is selfless, <clears throat> selfless right. doesn't mean that you don't think about yourself. Selfless says I'm connected to a source that helps me to supply what my wife or if you ladies are married husband needs without no need. Right. And what I mean there's by no, that is there's, no there's no string attached. There's no ulterior motives. Um, both of us are butlers to each other. Both of us are maids to each other. Uh, 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 we we try to outplease. It, it should always be about the other person because when you know you are sourced. Yeah and supplied, and you got a lot in stock through the spirit of God of being allowed to work in you, then you don't think about yourself because you already been supplied. All your needs have been supplied. All your needs have been met. Um, One thing I was going to say, when we were in college, there was a sociology professor and uh, we did we we didn't agree on too many things, <laughs> and, um, but we respected each other. We respected each other, um, and she made a comment one time that uh, marriage was fifty fifty, and I told her no, it's not. Mm-mm. And she goes, well, what is it to you? I said it's one hundred zero. And she said, and, and you know, people That's ask, right. what do you mean by that? Well, it's just like what you were just talking about. I've always said that marriage is one hundred zero for both people. Not 100, 100, 100, 0 for you and 100, 0 for her. And what I mean by that is this, because 100, 100 is the same ratio. It's one to one. 50, 50 is one to one, but 100 to zero is one to zero. Okay. So, so yeah. what I mean by that is this, I give everything expecting nothing back. I hope for something back. I hope, but I don't expect anything That's back. Right. And why do I do that? I'll tell you why. Because the Bible says that we're supposed to be like Christ. Did Jesus require a single thing of any single person for him to go to the cross? No. The answer is no. He gave up everything, hoping that people would reciprocate that love that he gave, meaning hoping that they would come to him. But he did not require them 
yeah. to come to him and reciprocate. And it's the same thing with a spouse. You give a hundred percent. Now, listen, some of you may be involved in relationships where you're, you're married to the devil. And I don't, I, I don't know how else to say that, mm -hmm. but remember, it's just like if you give money to the church and that church does something that's corrupt because their hearts aren't right. God still saw your heart that you gave out of, out of a pure heart. So if you're doing it out of pure, out of purity, God will bless you and he'll sanctify that unbelieving spouse, that unbelieving wife or husband. Um, so you just endure through that. But yeah, I think that's really important as what you said about it. no strings attached. And that's exactly what I was saying. You don't have sensual, uh, touch without building up and having non-sensual touch first because you know you sensual touch is the result of the result. a buildup of non-sensual touch listening everything that we just discussed right so um you know you you, you, you yeah, what you said is I like that on demand, on demand pleasure because I'm telling you, your wife will, your spouse will never be able to compete with the world. It can't, it can't. They, they won't. And and you know, as it's it's funny that we bring that up because I, I told Joanne and I, I said I said our prayers, Christians, should be that we never have the affection of the world, because yeah. if they love you, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. And um, so, uh, and you can't give your affection either. So anyway. I and think also that's really to good. Add, um, to add to that, it must it always must be authentic. Our yes. our motives for touch should not be manipulative. Like you're doing all those things, but your ultimate goal is the end result. And a lot okay. of people do that. They'll do they'll do whatever the woman asks, they'll do whatever they want just so they can get that. And everything should be like Jeff said, no expectation. No, no. like that's what like that's what I came into my marriage. I came into my marriage with no expectation beyond biblical. I didn't expect my wife to cook every meal. I didn't expect my wife to clean the house all the time. I didn't, ex I didn't have no expectations. That's right. My goal was to go in this thing, trust in the Holy Spirit to sustain this thing. Yep. And so what oftentimes happens is that we create these unrealistic expectations. And then all of a sudden when that person cannot meet those expectations, now we want to exit the situation. And that's just not how life works. Right. I've learned that the more I give without asking, like Jeff said, 100 to zero, when I've, when I learn to just give everything without, like, I really don't expect, I don't, I don't assume anything. I don't expect anything. If it happens, that's a blessing. If it don't, it's still a blessing. Right. But if we have this expectation mindset, then we'll always be looking for returns. Exactly. We'll constantly be looking for returns, but never trust the river that's in us. All yes. we got to do is, Give, give, give. And if 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 your wife or husband's not giving anything back at the level that you desire, then thank God that hopefully you married a person that submitted to the Spirit of God and the Spirit of God will check their hearts. But right. sometimes people have to understand that there may be seasons where that person is incapable of giving what you what you desire. Yep. Like I already know when my wife gets pregnant, it's exactly. gonna be lopsided for a long time. Yep. I can't sit there and be and have expectations for this stage of life to be when she's actually pregnant. No, I'm already programming myself, preparing myself for extra grace, extra patience, extra, extra, extra with no expectation. Because when she becomes a, a, a pregnant and she becomes a mother, I can't just be sitting there talking about what woe is me. What about me? It's yep. gonna be it's gonna be like ninety nine point nine nine percent about her. 
Right. And I have to trust as the man that God will supply on demand. I think um, it's exactly right. Because what I w- wrote down, and I just want to labor this point for a second because it echoes yeah. what you were saying. If you focus on what you're supposed to do, the 100, and not on them. Yeah. So in other words, what happens is that whenever you live in a 50-50 relationship, you're always focused on what you're doing and on what they're doing or not yeah. doing. Whereas if it's a 100-0, you're only focused on what you're doing. Now, remember, take Jesus, because remember, when you look through the scriptures, Jesus is constantly pouring himself out, constantly, right? Well, there are times where he gets drained. And what do we see him do every single time he's drained? He goes off alone to a mountain or someplace by himself, and he gets filled again with the Spirit of God. So, so the issue with, I think a lot of marriages is this, they're so focused on, on the inadequacies of their spouse and not on what they're supposed to be doing. But if you'll focus on what you're supposed to be doing, but also running to God to be filled as you're being poured out in that, then you will be sustained and the love that you have will eventually draw them out. But like, Ezra, you're right. When, like when Joanne was pregnant, listen, you're doing, your mind is going 50 million different places. And like, yeah, you may, it might be harder to have a date night during that time. It's, it's, it's harder. You know, you're going to, you're going to be, you're going to be doing a lot more uh, uh, feet rubbing and, uh, and back rubbing and, and, uh, um, and, and helping any way you can, you know, you know, saying, Hey, I'm going to cook, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that the majority of the time because you're trying to help and, and you're building that up. But you do that because you're, you love your spouse, right? You're, you're not doing it for an agenda. You're doing it because you genuinely care about them. In that instance, you're giving a hundred percent and really you can't expect anything back, but no, but you know, it's only for a season, but you know, they're going through a difficult time. And so um, that's why it's so important that you give that hundred percent, but not just during that time, all the time, all and the so, time. And, and I think we also got to look at ourselves as a cell phone. Like, like most of us, if we really checked our battery, yeah. We're not really, we've been, we've rarely been charged all the way. Yeah. Some of us, we're half charged, 25% charged down to the yellow. Some of us down to the red. Some of us, we about to, we about to be off. You see what I'm saying? And what yep. we have to understand about life is that we got to get plugged in to the charger. Like we should be charged up by God. So yep. when we go out there, because think about it, a phone not charged, you can't, you can't engage with any of the apps on that phone. So how can I apply uh, uh, a husband, um, uh, how can I be a husband or apply the word of God or apply certain things in my marriage if I'm dead? Like if yes. I if I try to apply love, but my battery's low, then yep. then lust can creep in. <clears throat> uh, 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 a lot of laziness can creep in. A lot of things can creep in when my battery's low. And what Jeff is saying is that we have to stay plugged in. And, 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 and engage with God because then he will then provide the supply. Listen, right. we Jeff can attest to this. There is no way a marriage can be sustained without the spirit of God. I don't believe it can. Now, people can stay together. People can be together and not have the Holy Spirit. But actually a thriving, sustaining, like fam, like I, I know that being a husband is a supernatural <clears throat> thing. There's no way a man can really be a husband 
without the Holy, uh, there's no way, man. It's a supernatural doing, a supernatural yes. supply, man. And, and because if oh. not, your your heart would grow bitter towards your wife. A lot of things would just would just begin to occur. I was gonna say, I don't think a man can be a man without Christ. Period. Let alone a period. Husband. You're right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> of course. Of course. Uh, and what I mean by that, you know, there, there, there I, I'm, um, I can't remember his name, but I, I'll think of it. And he used to say something like this. Then we get in the Q and A. But as he used to say something like this, he said, "Listen, if you have a lamp that runs on oil, but you have no oil in it, is it still mm -hmm. a lamp?" Yes, but it won't function like one. It won't function. Or if you, or if you have a car that runs on gas, but you don't put any gas in it, is it still a car? It's yes, a car. but it won't function like one. And That's he said, real. man was created to have God on the inside of him. Mm. And so, if God is not on the inside of a man, can he? He'll he'll still be a man, but he won't behave he like won't one. Function. He can't function. That's real. And so, uh, 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 you know, they say, oh, maybe he'll act like an animal. No, he'll act worse than the animals. So. Uh, you know, um, I heard uh, uh, there's a, a preacher, they call him the Spurgeon of Africa. And he said, we in Africa no longer fear uh, the the uh, the crocodiles and he said the lions and the elephants. You know, we don't fear the beast anymore. We fear our fellow man That's because right, yeah. our fellow man has descended below the beasts. They're below worse. The beast. And so that's what happens whenever your your conscious is seared. And you're without Christ, and so that has nothing to do with physical touch. But anyway, that was for. But it, but it, it was um, for somebody. Yeah, but for somebody. So um, yeah. So anyway, um, we'll get right into the Q and A. I think we I think we get to some Q and A if y'all start writing out your stuff. We'll go um, ahead and uh. Oh, go ahead, Jeff. I'm sorry. Now I can hear you. Now I can hear you. Go ahead, bro. Oh no, you're good. I was gonna say uh, uh, well, let's go through and um, you know what? Let's do something different. Let's start from the bottom and go up this time, <laughs> just for fun. You well, I guess we can. Mad. Yeah, yeah. I, I maybe we can't do that because um, they'll keep on adding. But maybe we can go through the people that said hello, and then we'll go to the questions. Okay, let's do that. Let me see. Uh, Vanita, what's going on? Hey, God bless you. God bless you. Bless you, yeah. Jamilia. Hey, Jamil. Ebony Essence. Hello, hello. Hey, Ebony. Janine Steer. Hey, hey. That's my aunt Jeannie. Hi, aunt Jeannie. Oh, hey, aunt Jeannie. Let's see. Uh, did anybody else say hey? And we'll go ahead and do the super chat. We got Rose Purple. Thank you so much for the super chat. Just wanted to stop by and thank you both. Thank the both of you for helping me through my tough times. Keep up the good work. Much appreciated. God bless you. Thank yeah, you for that. We'll make sure go, we definitely go. use that wisely for sure. Oh, my other aunt is down here. Go down to Patty. Where's Patty at? Right below uh, Natalie. Hey, Patty, I'm not a religious person, but I love the man. Thank you so much, Patty. Thank you so much. We love you. She's we love you. We love you. She loves it. She lives in New York City, and she is uh, she is my mom's best friend, and she is absolutely wonderful. Thank you so well, much. Thank you watching. so much, Patty. Oh, mama's oh, here too now. She said, I'm, <laughs> she said, hey, don't forget about your mama. Prophetic. Don't forget about your mama. All right. Yes. Hey, mom. We got Natalie again with a super chat. Thank you so much. Oh, oh this is a question. Oh, my. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much, Natalie, for your super chat. We really appreciate it. Uh, we'll start with we'll start here. We'll start here with her yeah, first. Let's question. go here and then we can start at the top. Yep. We'll go back to the top. Okay, great. Uh Natalie says, How can in a marriage we remove that mindset or emotional reaction of expecting when we give in marriage? Give to get hope versus expecting. Great question. Do you feel triggered? Not in a bad way, Jeff, but do you feel the spirit moving in you before? I didn't want to take a stab if you feel um, uh, um something moving in you. 
I, I well, I'll just, I, I'll be very quick. I, the first thing that came to mind is what we discussed earlier, that if you have a wound versus a scar, um, remember Jesus didn't say, look at the wounds in my hands. He said, look at the scars. Um, what I mean by that is that if you have that mindset or that emotional reaction because you're still wounded, you need to be healed in the first place because nobody can go into a marriage um, and, and, and bring in extra baggage and expect to be able to thrive. But one thing I would say is this, only Jesus can heal that. That's number one. And, and, and he wants to do that. So I, I, I would just say the one thing maybe is you can play off that and go and then we'll, we'll come back, but go ahead and say what you were writing down. Yeah. So, so let me, let me break the question down because every word matters in this sentence. And I want to kind of um, surgically uh, process through this is how can in a marriage, um, the first word is how, um, the how is holy. Um, the how is that in order for us to do anything in marriage, it must be helped and supplied with our hope rooted in the Holy Spirit. Okay. So we want to make sure that's very clear that in your own strength, in our own strength, we are incapable of X, Y, and Z that's within the rest of your statement. So I want to make sure that's very clear. How can in a marriage we remove that mindset or emotional reaction of expecting when we give in marriage? Let's get to the remove. Oftentimes, Natalie, we like to treat the symptoms but never deal with the root. In order for us to remove a mindset or an emotional reaction, we have to remove the root. The Bible talks about strongholds. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds, right? And so the Holy Spirit and the word of God, which is a double-edged sword that cuts, uh, when we allow the word of God to renew our mind and cut down into the root, and remove the abandonment issue, the rejection, the abuse, whatever may have happened in your formative years, whatever happened when, within your teenage years, whatever may have happened in any of your adult years that may have caused some level of trauma. The devil loves trauma because of the triggering effects that surrounded that traumatic experience, right? And so what happens is if we never remove the root issue, then we will always have that mindset or emotional reaction spawn spawn up some other way. Now, when it comes to specifically, um, you have to uh, first let's look at mindset. You have to change your mindset down to the default settings. The default settings is going and finding what the word of God says about whatever it is that you have a concern about and set our mind, slide that sliders onto the word of God through meditate on the word of God, proactively being a, a taking initiative in what the word of God says, learning how to cast down vain imagination. Here's the activity, my friend. Uh, anytime you have an imagination that comes in your mind or a thought. I tell a lot of people that I talk to, write on a sheet of paper, vain and then valid. And I write the thought out and ask yourself, does this, does this thought have a point? A vein by definition is pointless. Valid by definition, play on the word, means it has a point. But your point of reference must be the word of God that will then determine if that thought is valid. Right. The issue is, is that many of us, we never seen what you're asking. We never seen a relationship 
or a marriage where a person just gave. The world talks about spending and receiving. You get you get once you give. But when yeah. you have been given life and life more abundantly and things have been pressed down, shaken together and running over in your life, right. metaphorically, that begins to flood out of you genuinely because you ultimately trust, genuinely trust that God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and his glory. So when you give, when you expect a return, you expecting something to fill that void. But when that void has already been sealed, then you freely I receive, freely I give. Right. Because the joy of the Lord is my strength now. And when you begin practically uh, um, uh, auditing where your hope is, because you said a hope versus expecting. When you hope in God, you will be led by God in your distribution. Yeah. You will be able, you will be wise in your giving. Now, when it comes to marriage, you got to look at that person through the eyes of Christ and saying, I am a, a resource by which the source of God flows through. And so I no longer see me, I see them. I trust God with me so I can see them. I trust God with me so I can see he. I trust God with me so I can see she. When I know I'm stronger than my wife and I see she needs help, I don't think about me, oh, I'm tired. No, I get up and get the groceries. Right. Because I know that I'm, that's, that's just what you do. So I kind of gave you a lot with that. So make sure you go back to the 40, 39 minute marker. <laughs> And kind of rewatch that because I know I said a lot, but you have to, you cannot see you because when you see you, you're going to think about what you can get and you will flood into manipulation or flood yeah. into uh, 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 witchcraft, like using your emotions as a weapon to get what you want to yeah. only do based upon what they did. I do because he did. I do because he did. And in that, I trust that he'll supply what I need. And through my kindness, I can heap coals of fire on my husband or wife's head, which could eventually renew their mind for those with unequally yoked marriages and potentially bring them into salvation. So there's layers to that. But I know Jeff is stirring as well. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, you know, the Bible says that it's more blessed to give than to receive. Simple as that. Um, and so when you focus on giving, there's blessing that will come and fulfill you as a result of that. You know, um, every person in your life is a mission field. That's, every that's single right. person. That's right. Not every person is going to accept uh, the gospel that you're preaching. But I can tell you this. They are much more likely to accept the gospel you're preaching if you're living the gospel you preach. That's real. Right. So when I see, you know, when 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 the scriptures talk about it's more blessed to give than receive than to receive, that's the same in a marriage. It's in a work environment. It's in every instance that for the Christian, it is more blessed to give than to receive. But even the world knows that. That's why they give because a lot of people feel good about helping helping people out. Um, but you are on a mission, and that's the difference. Remember, your behavior in front of him will win him. Because you're not just preaching the gospel, you're living the gospel that you preach. And so, uh, you know, I yeah, I mean, I'll just leave it with that. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And when you 
have that 100-0 mindset that we were talking about earlier where, you know what, I'm not getting everything back that I need today, but I'm still going to give 100% because Jesus gave 100% for me, and I'm not going to give any less to this person. So, you know, yeah, no, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, bro. Go ahead and finish your point. Oh, no, no, you're good. Go ahead. Yeah, and what I was going to say is one of the one of the contributing factors to the fruit of the Spirit is long-suffering. Yeah. The issue is the reason why people are not brought out of their suffering is that well people are not willing to suffer long. Yeah. And that's a part of life. Patience has a way of treating patience. Yeah. When I'm when a, if a surgeon is not patient, will he fully be, do surgery on the patient? No. Long ability the the ability to suffer long, being steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. Being the word of God says, they that endure to the end shall be saved. We right. live in such a short fuse culture. We live in such a culture where, like the word of God says, people be lovers of, the, of self and not lovers of God. Uh, and, and people going to want things on demand. We live in a society where everything's on demand. Jeff and I grew in an era where we had to wait 15 minutes for the Internet to load. Right. We're not talking about just the pay. We had to wait 15 minutes for the Internet to, to load. All right. Then once the internet's there, we had to wait another seven minutes for a, for a page to come up. Well, it's like they want instant gratification, but they but they don't understand that everything in life made by God has a certain requirement in regards to time. Right. There's a certain level of patience you must have for everything that you desire to have in life. Marriage right. cannot be rushed. Parenting cannot be rushed. Uh, ministry cannot be rushed. Uh, money cannot be rushed. Yeah, and I mean, and also when you rush, I'm just speaking, you know, if you rush, you can come off as nagging. You can yeah, come off as, right. uh, as needy and different things like that. But listen, I think I think we're helping you to change your mindset. Your mindset is off of the zero that you've been focusing on and onto the 100 that is you yeah. and, and begin to switch, uh, to switch that mindset. Now we have to have the mind of Christ. That's it. And, That's, and, yeah. and, you know, it, it's not easy to give. Cause remember, you, you know, if I, if I were to come through, through the screen and pinch you right now, you would feel it. You know, your flesh doesn't feel good when it hurts. Um, it doesn't, feel good to feel rejection. But one thing I will say, I'll finish with this, Miss Natalie. It's that, um, uh, yeah, um, I see what she's, she's saying uh, something down there. But like uh, one thing I will say is this, and it's funny that you said that because I believe the Holy Spirit spoke to him and he said, let your selflessness embarrass his selfishness. And I'm only gonna say that because I'm about to cough. <clears throat> the devil, the devil, getting mad. I'm messing. I mess with you. But, but that's so true, Jeff. Is that when you're selfless, the Bible literally says that kindness literally heaps a coal of fire, which means it will be used to renew the mind. And so now they say it's so good, and literally, Holy Spirit speaking directly to me. And our marriage is a lot of past hurt, spe specifically by my husband to me, putting my in-laws before me. God. But God is that's that's good. We're glad God is moving and we have to make sure that we do not allow a root of bitterness to develop. We got to make sure that we do not allow ourselves to focus so much on what he has done that we overlook what Christ has done and what Christ wants to utilize you to make done in your life. Right. Yeah. And so 
Yeah, there's a lot. And we totally understand. But the past was never meant to be a place of residence. It was meant to be a place of reference. We make sure that you're not living there now, but we're glad God is moving. Uh, uh, she also says, my husband's a born again Christian. He's been Catholic his whole, well, well. No, I think, I think she's saying he was Catholic and now he's a born again Christian. Ah, gotcha. He's big. Oh, you're saying. yeah. Some things take time, my friend, but it's going to be, it's going to lift in itself where there's no, where there's no forgiveness. Yeah. And when there's no kindness. Um, and, and I'm just glad that what we said so far has been a blessing. Yeah. I just, I can't emphasize enough, make him a mission field and allow, you know, you can't allow stuff that they've done in the past. Don't hold that against him either. That's not something he can heal. You can't go to him to get healed. You, you have to it. go to Christ to get healed of that past from him. Yeah. And so um, no one who's ha no one who's caused the hurt can heal the hurt. Correct. Yes. All right. We go up here to Ebony. Ebony S says, if a guy asks about <clears throat> your love language, should you tell them if you are in a talk in the talking stage? Great question. I think that's fine to do. What do you think? I, I don't know. That's preference. Yeah. To me, if a guy asks you, I, I think there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I just think you just have to make sure um, that that individual is worth your talking time. If that person's yeah. worth your time, because sometimes when you engage in conversation long and you haven't really discerned if that person was, is, is worth your time, then you start developing emotional connections. Yeah. And you don't want to be, develop emotional connection and then give uh, personal cues to someone that's trying to misuse. Yeah. So I mean, I, I, like I, Jeff said, I don't think there's nothing wrong with that, but you just got to make sure that you're not casting those kind of pearls to someone that's not supposed to be a part of your world. Go ahead, Jeff. Well, I'll, I'll say this, though. Um, to me, this this has nothing to do with whether or not you should be talking to him, because what Ezzy just said is 100 percent true. Like, if you shouldn't be talking, that's fine. Um, but if you feel like you should be talking, I actually yeah. think it's a great thing that he asked you what your love language was. That's, that's true. Because he's trying to get to know you and to see how he can best interact with you. The yeah. fact that he knew to do that is impressive. Like, I wish that I had known that. Thankfully, my mother-in-law gave me uh, the Love Languages book, and it, it, it helped really change my marriage, my mindset. So I, I'm actually proud of him for asking that. That's cool. um, that question to you, to be honest with you. Now, that doesn't mean that you, you. I, I'm not saying you should or should not be talking to him as a whole. I, I can't say that, but I'm just saying, I, I think that's impressive that he asked that. I, I'm, yeah. I, I, I actually think that that, that's what I will tell my sons to do. Um, if they're getting in a serious relationship, I will ask them to, to find out the love language, particularly, especially whenever they get engaged. Cause I, I, I want them to have a good marriage. So I think no, that's, that's good. good. That he, yeah, that's I good, think that's for sure. And and so. and 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 see how he responds to it. See yeah. and, and discern his genuineness when he does act on Ask him what his is. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Yeah. Jojo Davis says, What's up, coach? How do I realize this guy's timing and the people he brings Great. in my life? How do I know they positive? Great question. Go um ahead. God's timing you, is all go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead, bro. No, no, I was saying you go ahead, but you said, um, I didn't know if you need to think. Go ahead. Oh, you good, bro. I always <laughs> tell people this God's timing is all the time. Yeah, God's timing is all the time. There's a there's a <clears throat> time and a place for everything. 
and, and there's something that God wants you to do in this season of time. Oh, and I'm talking about every second you're you're becoming anxious about, am I doing everything God wants for me at this exact second? No, that's too much pressure, right? As long as you flow with God, you will find yourself in the right place all the time, right? So what, but I'm, what I'm talking about is that what is God's reason for this season, right? Um, so sometimes we focus so much on the time versus the times before. So there's two things that we oftentimes forget, but we only focused on the, this third one. The number one thing that we focus on as a race or as a people is that we focus so much on the moment of promotion, but we never dedicate uh, time and energy for the season of preparation before the promotion and the season of prudence after promotion. The yeah. goal should not be, because Jeff, how long was your wedding? A few hours? Right. My wedding was a few hours, but marriage is a lot of years. So if yeah. all I did was focus on the promotion, but never prepared or desired to be a person of prudence. I was going to say, you can CC a whole lot of celebrities right now. Yeah. And I'm going to be quiet. They had massive weddings. Sorry to interrupt. They had massive weddings, but terrible marriages. Their, their weddings was, was worth so much, but their marriage is worth so little. They invested a lot of money in a wedding, but did not have any type of, of investment in a marriage. Right. And what is the problem with society is we care about how well our marriage looks online, or we care so much about how our relationships look online that we don't even think about what it's going to be like offline. And even if the marriage is bad offline, we still advertise like as well. And then you got all these single people envying people's posts and they're not even living what they post. No. So, so when we get to your question is, how do I realize this guy's timing is, all you got to do is embrace the season of preparation. Prepare, prepare, and engage in regards to what you want to eventually engage in in life. If you know God has called you to X, Y, and Z, and you feel the divine desire for marriage, the divine desire for whatever it is that you are anticipating the timing of, prepare in accordance. <clears throat> but, if you, but, it, but if you focus so much on this moment of promotion and you waste your season of preparation, then, when it, then the promotion would never come from God. God would never promote us without preparation. Right. God is looking for stewards. God is looking for managers. Now, you will be compelled and inspired to be to promote yourself uh, because of the world. You can promote in, I can, we Anybody can promote themselves in certain areas. But will God be be the one doing it? So what I what I will advise right now is for you not to focus on God's timing. Just focus on preparing for the timing so that you could be a person of prudence after that promotion of or time it comes. And the second part of your question is this, unless Jeff, you want to ask some of that before I go to the no, next no, second part. Good. No, no, you're good. And he said, and the people he brings in my life, how do I know they positive? Discernment, discernment, discernment. They tell a business. A success <laughs> is the success of a business, location, 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 right? The success of a believer is discernment, discernment, discernment. And to a degree, we're talking about success in regards to engaging and interacting, right? Um, um, the only way that I can say is that what the word of God says, examine fruit. Um, now, the people God brings, quote unquote, in your life is not going to be perfect. Right. So we want to make sure we we, we we bring down expectations to a certain level. 
not everybody in your life is going to be perfect, but you also got to know the difference between seasonal <laughs> friends and lifelong friends. Right. And only through devotion to God can you develop the discernment. Jeff and I can't give you five steps of how to develop discernment. We can. I'm sure that we can develop seven or eight points, but it I, starts I, with fellowship. Go ahead, Jeff. No, that's exactly what I was going to say. I only have one step to discernment, fellowship with the Holy Spirit <laughs> and like believers. Yep. Go ahead. Sorry. That's it. No. So well, I was going to say, uh, you will know them by the fruit they bear. Simple as that. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, I don't care if they're positive. Are they biblical? That's the. Uh, <laughs> there you go. There I, we go. <laughs> uh, as he always says, I cut right to the chase. So I'm going to do that. I think that's what you meant. But I just want to say that there are positive people who are unbiblical. And uh, yeah. um, and, and I'll leave it there. I'm sure you understand what I mean by that. But um, yeah. So, Ezzy, I, I think that's good. We can go to the next one. I think that is good the way okay. you answered it. Uh, finally, I am able to watch live podcast. Thank you, uh, Tanise. We thank you. Uh, Ebony, do you still do the good? Now nah, we don't, uh, yeah, Brandon and I, we went two different directions. Still love my brother. Uh, he, you know, full family, man. So unfortunately, good guys podcast is no longer, but make sure you check out the episodes. Enjoy that season. But, uh, he, uh Brandon felt led to go in a different direction. Of course I did too. And so, but we're good. We're good to this day. So there's no animosity but yeah the good guys podcast is done uh joshua pittman says hey coach my question for whenever you have time is why do i still have oh okay i remember this question i pray the blood over them every night i anoint my doorpost and don't allow the devil no place in any area well what do you say jeff or you want me to you want me to Um, go first yeah when he says um uh So one one thing, uh, two things. Uh, I think he's saying that he doesn't. He's not when he says he doesn't allow the devil, you know, a place in any area. So that means he's not watching anything, listening okay. to yeah. anything. Um, because that would be the first thing I would say: be careful what you watch, what you listen to, the people that you're around. Uh, whenever somebody is central, that you are not interacting in that. So, exactly. but I think you're saying you don't do that. Um, it could be spiritual at that point. If you're so, here's my here's my general thing. Yeah. If you're doing everything in the natural, because I'm not one of those Christians that thinks that everything is is uh, spooky spiritual, because it's not. There are practical things, and what I mean by that is the person that's praying to God for a job but never goes and applies for the job. Yeah. That's uh, that's not Christianity, and God does not support that. So. Yeah. Um, uh, just to clarify uh, on that. Now, it doesn't mean that if you're believing for a job that he can't bring it, drop it in your lap. He's done that for me and Ezzy many times. Yeah. Not saying that. But what I'm saying is, uh, if you're doing everything in the natural that you can, uh, the only advice that I would give you, and I think it is the best advice, is to fast. Yeah. Uh, fasting destroys spiritual bondage. And it seems like you are in bondage to those things um, where that you're constantly being attacked. Uh, so fasting, and every time you fast, you should be worshiping. And so whenever you begin to fast, so I would go on a, a, a fast and ask the Lord what type of fast he would call you to. And as you you feel free to chime in. But I would, I would suggest that you fast, pray, and worship for any length of time that the Holy Spirit leads you. Um, I don't know if you're a new believer or uh, an uh, older one. Um, I, I assume that you are newer if you're dealing with this. 
Um, but if not, that's fine. It could be an attack that's coming. So I would say to fast because some things don't go except by fasting right. and prayer. That's it. So when you can't solve the problem, you've done everything you, you you've anointed, you you've prayed, yep. you've played worship, you've done everything you can. Yeah. Then it's time to uh, stand and and fast and allow the Lord to work. That's it. That's powerful. That's it, man. Because the Word of God says some things don't come out but by prayer and fasting, like Jeff said. When you've done everything in the physical, you've prepared everything in the physical, then it's time to war in the spirit, it's in the spiritual. And fasting has a way of funneling out certain things um, to increase a level of, of, of focus and a level of discernment that will help you see what whatever root issue it could be and just remove that demonic attacks. I wonder if you live alone or you live in a house with somebody else. That's I'm true. Or I'd be a house that, that they didn't clean out. Yeah, the yeah, I'm interested to know. Territorial spirit right. in the house, yeah. Exactly, that's what I'm interested to know. But yeah, maybe we can answer that later on. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, Canada's okay. in the building. Thank you, Tanisha, for watching. Um, I love that. Never stay around people that don't challenge you. Right. I know. We got to pray for this generation. Lord, right. do we have. Jamelia White says, hi, Coach and Josh. <clears throat> Coaching Jeff, what are some practical things I can do to prepare for being a wife to a man of God? Great question. Um, <laughs> uh, one thing is uh, don't focus on being a wife. Focus on being a daughter. That's it. Everything starts with who you are to God and you a daughter. When exactly, you because your identity is not is not in you being a wife. Your identity is in you being a child of God. That, that's what I'm getting at. And that's what you, you see what I'm saying? Byproduct you're picking up what I'm putting down. <laughs> Go ahead. Byproduct of being a daughter of God is functioning as a wife. Yes. Functioning as a mother. Yes. Functioning as a, 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 a businesswoman. But that comes from the stream of daughter. That's why the devil is after how we were as sons and daughters. Because however we were raised as a son or a daughter will affect every position we endeavor to function in. So what are some practical things about being a daughter of God? Well, number one, you have to you have to fellowship one-on-one, make room, make time, get to know him. Allow him, number two, to do surgery. Allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you, confess sins and repent from them and allow the sanctification process of God to make you holy through the renewing of your mind, right? And then from there, study the word of God. What does the word of God say about you as a daughter, number one? What does the word of God say, number two, as you as a woman? And what does the word of God says about wives? And then in accordance to the word of God, you prepare by 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 the main areas of engaging with the man, whether it's communication, do I do, is my communication, uh, does it build up? Is it fit the occasion? Does it give grace to the hearer? What about my thoughts? Do I think on things that are above you? See what I'm saying? So now utilizing those scriptures to position your thinking, your speaking, your living, your walking, your listening, your speaking, and make sure it's all in accordance to the word of God. If you're thinking, speaking, living, um, um, all the other things that I said is connected to some point of the word of God, allowing the Holy Spirit to utilize the word of God to help you deal with the nuances of your particular life. That's what I love about the Holy Spirit and the word of God. I love the author and the script. 
Why? Because the word of God is not going to tell me every, my name is not in the Bible. Well, I'm not in the Bible. Then there's a Joshua in there and there's an Ezekiel with easy eater, but there, my whole narrative of my life is not in the Bible. You see what I'm saying? There are points in the Bible that speaks to every part of me. Don't get me wrong, but that's what the Holy Spirit does. He helps me with the nuances of my life, utilizing the principles, the tenets, and the gospel in the Bible to help me function. So we say all this to say that your greatest position is daughter and the rest will naturally flow once you start devoting time to God, once you allowing God to dig deeper inside of you and clean through his spirit, all those things and heal those wounds of your past and then getting connected to the pages of God with the Holy Spirit so that you're now connecting your thinking, speaking, listening, everything connected to some part of scripture so that the Holy Spirit can bear fruit in those areas. Because I'm gonna tell you about a man. A man doesn't like to be nagged. A man doesn't like to be dragged. <laughs> a man doesn't like a woman that's always wanted to be in his bag. And um, you know, anything else that rhymes with that. <laughs> but anyway. No, uh, yeah. no one, one other thing I was gonna add. Um, yeah. Is that, like for instance, a soldier, if he, if he, fo he, their focus isn't always on war, it's on discipline. If he's not disciplined during peacetime, he'll never yes, he'll sir. never function during wartime. And that's, that's what real. I mean. I'm not that's real. I, I'm focusing on what matters being a child of God, so that mm. when I get into the event, I function properly I function. because I have what it takes during peacetime. So that's what I'm saying is that if you're not whole as a child and a daughter of God, you'll never be able to function as a wife because you won't be whole yourself. So that's what I meant by that. That that's you switch that mindset um that's real regarding that that's, that's, probably, that's probably the most powerful thing i heard in a long time is that a soldier does not like you said jeff a soldier does not think about war he thinks about discipline she thinks about discipline because it doesn't matter if it's peace time war time you still clean that gun you still breaking that gun apart bringing the gun back together you have to keep because your representation your reps will determine your representation how often you do a thing, we are the sum total of our reps. We are the sum total of our habits. What we do often is what opportunities we will, uh, will have in our in our lives, right? And so what Jeff is saying is just focus on the discipline. For the root word of a disciple is a disciplined one. Yeah. A disciplined one after the, the, uh, the following of Christ. So focus on discipline. That's powerful, Jeff. That's a good word, man. Yeah. All right, let's see here. Um, uh, okay. Let me, uh, let me see. Uh, let me see. Clarify that in the private chat, Jeff. I'm sorry. I, I didn't, I didn't quite understand before I, before I do that. Yeah, if no you want to type it in there real quick. Okay. No problem. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's do that. All right. Uh, <coughs> But yeah, thank you, Jamila, for that question. That's really good. Um, okay. All right. So Scott Knopf. So, hey, uh, Jeff and Josh. Hey, Scott. So this is this is. <laughs> he's actually a relative. This is good. All okay. right. He says when when a loved one passes, and you are certain that they will go to heaven, meaning they they have a relationship with Christ. Yep. Do they go there upon death, or do they sleep until judgment? Okay, so this one uh, is good because I think a lot of people get confused by this. So it's actually a really great question. 
But 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8, uh, it says, We are confident, I, I, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and be present uh, uh, with the Lord. So to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. Now, whenever, remember that when a person dies, there's judgment right, right <clears throat> afterwards. I think that's in Hebrews. Uh, hold on. Let me see if I can find it in my scriptures. Uh, the uh, 927. I think it's, let me, let me see if I can pull it up and read that. Hebrews uh, 927. Uh, I'm just pulling it real quick. And it is appointed uh, for man to die once, but after this, the judgment. Meaning, judgment is immediately after uh, there. But remember, the heaven that the person goes to is not the same heaven yeah. uh, because we know that there's a new heaven and a new earth, right? So it's like a temporary holding place. Same thing with hell. They go to hell immediately, but then it's a temporary holding place until there's the final judgment, right? And so I believe that, that when a person dies, they are, if they are a believer, which is what you asked in the question, they are immediately in the presence of the Lord with their Savior. And, and we also know this because in Hebrews chapter 11, it says we're surrounded by a great mm. cloud of witnesses. And it's like they're cheering us on. Well, if they're sleeping, they can't be cheering us on, right? And so, yeah, um, cool. uh, and we and we also know that. Remember when Jesus was on the, uh, uh, he had his um, when he was on the, was it the Mount of Transfiguration? I think it was. And Moses appeared, and um, who else appeared on there? Uh, Moses and uh, I think uh, Elijah. Elijah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, so when they appeared, uh, they were not sleeping. So, uh, so, and, and, you know, they, they were shining up there and everything. So they, they were, they were there, you know, allowed to go there. And so, um, now prior to Jesus coming back, obviously there was no way for man to go to heaven. And so, and so I know the old Testament talks about that, the, the sleeping until judgment, but remember when Jesus died, the Bible says that the, the, the veil was torn and the temple, there was an earthquake and the dead rose from their tombs. And they actually went out and preached the gospel, and then and then they 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 went with Christ. So um, I absolutely believe that if that person knows the Lord, that they are with the Lord um, when they die, uh, because of of Second uh, Corinthians. I think it's five eighteen. I'd have to go back. I think that's what it was. Ezzy, do you have any thoughts? Bro, on that was perfectly articulated, my brother. That's nothing else I can add to that. Yeah. Okay. So yes, I do believe we're with our Savior. Is there a test that kids? Yes, uh, she's referring to the love languages test. So if you go to Google and type in five love languages, and the person's name is Gary Chapman, uh, on that website there will be an opportunity for singles, uh, married couples, uh, young younger children, and then I think older children. So for instance, if you have teenagers, I think they give the teenagers a different test. Than they would, than they did the test that uh, my Ethan and Henry took because Ethan and Henry, I think, were in the same uh, kind of like the. I think it was like from eight to twelve or something like that. Okay. I can't remember. And then it transitions to the teens. So yeah, I think there's like four different opportunities whether you're single. So yes, there's absolutely a kids, and I think they divide it up between young children and older children uh, so that you can do that, Jennifer. So yeah, and I highly recommend that. Both my boys took it, and both of them got quality time so that let me know i need to go hang out with them <laughs> so go ahead 
Uh, my brother, he says, hey, coach, I just failed my nursing school and feel so bummed and empty. I don't know what to do now. I want a career I enjoy and can provide for a family. Well, my friend, you're putting too much unnecessary pressure on yourself. Yes. I'm just telling you that right now. Um, um, like we told our friend above about her being a daughter, men have to understand sonship. And there is there's a correlation and a and a beautiful union that goes with um, us providing as men, but us being present with the Lord, us being in pace with the Father, and and being led by Spirit, so that we are able. Because I'm gonna tell you, the job Jeff had, the job I had, caught up with us. Provision that we offer for for our families came to us as we went to God, right? So what you have now, what you are experiencing, my friend, anytime you use words like bummed or empty, these are symptoms or indicators of idolatry. It's nothing wrong with feeling sad and ah, that's a bummer. But when you say bummed (coughs) and empty and you say, I don't know what to do now, you're now going possibly are being brought through the pruning process. And maybe it wasn't God's will for you. I'm not saying I'm don't hear me as me prophesying. Hear me just giving some, 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 some thought, right? <coughs> maybe there was no allowance for you to go into nursing school or whatever, because maybe if you would have elevated and grew, you would have left God. Now, how do we maximize and benefit from what could be possibly God pruning us and positioning himself in his rightful place in your life and at the center of everything in your life? Number one, you now have to fill the rock bottom. Right now, you are at rock bottom. And thank God you're at the rock bottom because now you can build. Now you know that school is unsteady. Uh, um, 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 anything that we build our lives on is shaky, right? So now you know that as a child of God, let me tell you my story. When I was, when I left Oral Roberts University and came home, um, my idol was my ministry there. Jeff knew it, eternity with the t-shirts. We did amped concert, uh, with the kids and all that kind of stuff. It was a blessing. But when I got home, I realized just how much I made ministry my idol because I felt like nothing. I lost a lot of weight. I was anxious. I was stressed because that was my everything. I hit rock bottom. You know what rock bottom was? My mother's living room (laughs) back at my mother's house. And when I got up from the ground after a few days of crying and being sad, I looked up and realized that the only one I have is God. As I got older, I began to learn the second phase, which is is that he will teach me how to profit. He will teach me how to steward. He will show me how to be prudent, right? And if 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 providing for a family is, uh, uh, or wanting a career and providing for a family, those are great desires, but they cannot be ultimate desires. Your desires should ultimately be pleasing God. I told young people <clears throat> today, and I work at a school where we have a lot of um, good basketball athletes. And I told him today, face, I said, what if college is not an option? What if God says, uh, I don't want you to play basketball no more? What would you do? I guarantee it that there is more peace in the will of God with little than there is without or outside of it with a lot. 
You could be at the wrong uh, college. You can have the wrong career. You can be whatever. You can even, like Jeff could tell you, you can even be providing for your family, but don't know how to provide for your family. You can make a lot of money, but do are but are you making a, a lot of good memories? Are you giving a lot of great lessons? So basically what you're going through right now, you're at rock bottom. You're now seeing the effects of idolatry. And, and now we have to allow God to position, reposition your desires so that you can desire correctly. Go ahead, Jeff. Uh, no, I was just going to say, I, I think you, you hit it. I, I will say this. If God has called you to do that, don't give up. Uh, keep fighting and come back and try That's again. That's real. That's it, good it's too. A, yeah. It's 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 okay to fail. If if uh, if you looked up if you looked up Joseph's life right before he was given a robe and taken to the palace, you would say that he was a failure. Uh, <laughs> so because uh, I, I mean he he didn't he said oh God called me to do this and he d did nothing of it. It, it was. An absolute nightmare. So um, I would just say, you know, from because I think Izzy touched on the spiritual side, on the practical part, I would say just to pray and see what the Holy Spirit is leading you to do. And then um, uh, uh, apply again, because I don't know what you mean by you failed your nursing school. I don't know what you mean by that. Like, did you fail a class or did you fail to get into it? Meaning you had to take a test to get into the school. I don't know what you, what you mean by that. Um, but if you feel led, fast, pray, and study, 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 and do it again. If you don't, then ask God what your next direct direction is. Good, good, man. I appreciate that 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 balance to that question. Yeah. Um, I think that's – is that everybody? Let me see. Um, uh, Tanise, after – Frederick, thumbs up to you both. Thank you. Thank you. I oh, know. That's what you're right. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Are men and women from different plant – oh, plants. Planets. I'm sure or plants, you know, some women are flowers. We are, um, I forget it. Are men and women from different planets? <laughs> if so, how can we get along better? No human can get along without being or allowing the Holy Spirit to drive in it, man. I'll let Jeff shoot it with one shot, man. But, uh, um, I, I, well, I just, I, I'll focus on the last part of your question. Because obviously we're not from different planets. We're not from a planet. We come from God. But um, I think you were just being funny there. You know, with the uh, men are from Mars or uh, women are from Venus. Mm -hmm. um, but on the second part is uh, how can we get along better? Um, uh, you'll never get along with somebody if you don't die to yourself uh, in a relationship, which is what you're speaking of. Um, again, I think it goes back to what we said earlier, where you focus on the 100. And, and 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 expect nothing back you hope for them but um like the good thing is is that women and men are different and that's a good thing mm -hmm. because god made us to be different you know there are things absolutely that my wife can do that i would never dream of doing <laughs> so, uh, and there are things that i do as a man that she would never dream of doing as a woman and um you, we each have different roles, and, and when I say roles, I mean R O L E S, um, uh, that we're called to um, be. <coughs> excuse me, sorry. That we're called to be in the body of Christ, and that we celebrate that difference because um, it provide it provides balance. To be honest with you, um, 
I think it's just a matter of, of, of you thinking about the other person before yourself. And that's how you get along better. Um, I mean, I, I've never had a problem getting along with anybody. Um, so I can't speak to that from, a I mean, now I am the type of person where, whether you, you either love me or you hate me because yeah. I don't, I, yeah, I'm, no, I'm you know, because, because I'm not going to mince words, but a lot of times actually people respect me for that because they, they know that I'm not just, um, saying something to say it. I actually believe it. Um, but in a, in a, in a, in a relationship, the number one thing is like, you know, and I read this years ago. This is another good book. I can't even think of his name, so I'm not going to say it because I would mess it up because I, I can't remember. But basically, uh, a woman needs to feel safe, and and and, um, and um, I'll have to look up that that up sometime. Maybe we can do a study on that. I can't I can't remember. I'm trying to think of what the the um, book love and respect. That's what it is. A woman needs to feel cherished, and a man needs to feel respected. And so uh, whenever you do that on either end, that's how you get along better. I will say that. And that's scripture. And I'll find the scripture. It's either in Ephesians or Galatians, I think. And it talks about uh, a woman being cherished and a man being respected. <clears throat> so um, I'm trying to look down here. I think uh, is Vianita the next one? Yeah, we have two more questions and then we'll do we'll do Vanitas and then we'll do crystals. <coughs> and I think that's yeah, I think that's all of them. Yeah. Yep. And then we'll, add, we'll answer those and get into our food discussion for sure. Uh, Vanita says, how would I know I've been healed from past hurts before we move forward into a new relationship? Great question. Um. Well, there's 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 uh, growth that you'll notice. What I mean by that is this: um, if there's no more, the the healing is based upon your response when you see, or have, or are 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 referencing the past hurt. Right? You know you've been healed when that thing no longer hurts you in any kind of way. You yeah, know, I was gonna say. I was gonna say when you don't need bandages anymore. When you don't need bandages. When you don't. When you actually feel hopeful, and you <clears throat> actually have empathy for the person that hurt you, mm-hmm. even yourself. Yeah. Right. So when you can look in the mirror and say, you know what, Father, thank you for forgiving me. For I knew not what I was doing back then. Right. Or you can look at other person <clears throat> like, Father, I forgive them for they knew not what they was doing then. That's when you know you've been healed. When you can look that thing and you have nothing in you that is angered, saddened, depressed. And that takes time. That takes uh, over time. And healing happens when mental habits change, when it comes to emotional hurts. The more your mind begins to be renewed and you begin to see the grace that has came down upon you despite the sins you make against the holy God, you will then begin to see the sins against you differently. You will begin to then forgive and because you will begin to see the beauty of forgiveness and how it gives you the opportunity to go forward. So the more you allow your mind to rest on the negative side of what happened versus allowing the Holy Spirit to renew your mind and see how you utilize that thing <coughs> for your good, then you will never feel good. Go ahead, Jeff. I don't know if you want to add anything to that, my brother. No, I think that's good. And then um, I think that's good. I think you I said it. I do crystal. It says, if a man is a believer yet not walking as close to Christ as you can, okay, as you, can he be your head? Are you married to him? Because if you are, he is your head regardless. 
Yeah. Um, and that's because that's in the Bible. So I don't know. Um, I, maybe you're asking, maybe you're asking like, is, is he not walking close to the Lord and you're trying to decide whether or not you should marry him because he is, uh, because you're here and he's here in, in, in your opinion. Is that, is that maybe that's what you mean by that? Um, <clears throat> one thing is that I, I don't know how long he's been a believer, but I will say that, uh, as long as you notice that there is a progression of growth, of growing from glory to glory, as you see that, um, then ultimately you pray and ask God if you're supposed to enter into a relationship. But if you're already married, he is the head of the household. But remember what you can do as his wife, which sure. is a filler, is you can hold him up and, and begin to uh, pray and be with him to bring him closer and closer to the Lord because God has equipped women in a way that they can really function as, you know, you can have a beautiful building, but if you don't have any pillars to hold it up, it's rocks on the ground. You know what I mean? So without the woman there to, to hold them up, I'm, I'm speaking of a, of a marriage uh, uh, because there are men that are single and women that are single. But I'm saying whenever you want a great marriage, you need the pillar and, and, the, and the roof, right? And, and the husband is the head. You know, he's the roof. He's the covering. But then you need the pillar to hold up the roof because when the storms come, yeah. You know, it doesn't matter if there's a roof with no pillar or a pillar with no roof, right? You know, so it's it's you holding him up and making sure that he is, um, uh, you know, encouraged to continue to grow. Now, if you're not in a relationship with him, um, give it some time. And, may, and maybe he begins to grow and you can see how that is. But I will say this, don't settle or compromise. Yeah. Don't, I, I wouldn't. I sorry, I was just gonna say I wouldn't um I'd be very, 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 very careful about getting into a relationship with somebody who's not on the same page as you. Yeah. Spiritually. Now I'm not now if they're above you spiritually, that's fine because they'll challenge you. Yeah. But if they're below you, I especially as a woman, I would be careful about that. And that's this also this also goes with our last question. I just saw this one. Um, MSM says, should a woman date a man who has excess amount of debt, $150,000 and who can't budget? Let me just say oh, this. this. this if a, a man question. can't budget his money, he can't budget your time. Notice you worry, Notice what you said, date. Why oh. waste your time with someone who can't even manage their money? Right? right I'm going to write, write my, you keep on talking, I'm going to write my answer uh, for this. <laughs> gotcha. So what I would do, I would go ahead and just leave. I would, I would, I would, I would, I would, I would say, you know what? This is not going to work unless there's some stewardship increase. But at the same time, there you go. I ain't going to say anything else. Run for your life. Or you will be in Run debt for your life. for your life. Simple How can he be accountable spiritually if he can't even be accountable in the natural? It's not going to happen. It's Run gonna happen. for your life. Run for your life. Listen, I, I'm not saying now. Remember, let me clarify so that I'm I don't come off as mean. Um, you said that he. Can you pull up her that question again? Oh, my bad, bro. Uh, here we go. I want to clarify for everybody watching. It says, and who can't budget? Who can't? Who has yeah. an excess amount of and can't budget? The reason why I said that is this. 
it means that they're not taking responsibility. I'm not talking about the person who inherits debt because they got sick and it, yeah, and, and, and right. it happened to them in a way that they couldn't control it. Yes, I'm right. not talking about that. I'm talking about somebody who's irresponsible. That's who I mean run for your life from. Because if they can't budget and they're in that much debt, you listen, you're, it will become your debt. Yeah. And I, 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 you know, because for instance, if they had $150,000 worth of debt, let's say they had student loans, but they managed their debt and they paid their payments and they were on time. That's different. But you said that they have an excessive amount of debt and they can't budget, which tells me they're not making payments. They're not paying on time. I actually love this question because Christians are always so super spiritual that they yeah. forget about the natural stuff. And Jesus always used things like farming and things like that. He always used the natural to link to the spiritual. So that's all we're doing. Yeah, I I, I will go back and my handwriting is terrible because I'm left-handed, but I, I'll go back to my <laughs> original to my original thing. Run for your life. Or, or here's the thing. You said date a man? No. However, if he starts to go to counseling, uh, or yeah. what I mean by it is financial counseling, and he starts showing strides and he's paying down his debt and, he, and he's building up his credit, I think you should check their credit score before you get married. That's how crazy I am. So that's, I just, cool. no, that's, that's real, brother. I, I'm sorry, but I, I think that's just as important as getting a blood test. So, um, <laughs> that's real. So, so I think a blood test and a, and a credit score are both good uh, because a credit score um, is looking at now credit scores are, aren't always accurate. Like I said, if you're in 2020 and you lost your business because the government shut you down and now you have an excessive amount of debt, that's different. I'm not talking about yeah. that. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm talking about mismanagement. That's good, my brother. That's, I mean, that's all I can say is literally, um, like Jeff said, as a balance. We, but the key word, all we can go by is what you guys and gals uh, place in front of us. All we saw was can't budget. Budgeting is is important. Yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm coughing like crazy. I think oh, this pollen, here. the pollen oh, yeah. is so dry. I think uh, like here in the south in Georgia. I don't know about you, Ezzy, but like. Because I take the dog out so much, I've been outside and it's been um, uh, the pollen's been crazy. It's making me cough. I don't have allergies, but anybody that's inhaling, you know, bee dust is gonna. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. gonna come. So it's I apologize, you. I've been trying to mute it though in time. Uh, you wouldn't need it. either if you let the Lord pick your spouse. Yes, that's true. Okay. All right, y'all. We're going to um, the fun. Well, all the podcast parts are fun, but one thing about Jeff and I. We love food, man. This is the cherry on top. Yeah, cherry on top. Or, or, we don't give you the substance. Now we're just going to get some icing and some cherry on top. So today we're going to be talking about our top three sandwiches. Ooh. Top three sandwiches. And my top three is there's no other sandwiches close to these top three. These are the Mount Rushmore. Well, Mount Rushmore is <clears> four. But here is the uh, Godhead of sandwiches. <laughs> I'm going to let you go first because I haven't been able to think of my number three. I got my one and two. All right, my number three. And, and for those who's watching us live right now, even those who watch later, let us know your top three below. But those who watch <laughs> us live, we're going to go three, two, and one. So we're going to start with our the third one, the second one, and first one. So as we share our third, you guys chat in the in the, in the the chat, y'all's third. Those watching on Facebook, those watching on YouTube, let us know what your third is. 
Then when we get to the second, let us know what your second is. And we get to the one, et cetera, et cetera. Now, my number three favorite sandwich of all time is the classic peanut butter and jelly sandwich. The PB&J is my number three. Oh, that's not, I, that's hard. I thought you were going to give me something to go with. <laughs> nope. Peanut butter and jelly sandwich I, I, is number three. All right, everybody, start commenting in the comments for your third so I can get an idea for my third. Because one and two uh, is pretty good, but peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I mean, is easy to make. It's accessible. Okay, are we talking about, let's clarify something, y'all. When you say sandwich, can a hamburger be a sandwich or no? Yeah, we're talking about all. Anything, okay, good, all right. So anything, we're talking about all different, okay. All so, sandwiches, anything okay. that can be between two so, pieces of bread. Okay, so here's okay. what I'll say. Any hoagie from the state of Pennsylvania, New York, and that surrounding area where I'm from uh, is great. Uh, number three, though. Oh, Ezzy, this is difficult. Uh, ooh, BLT. She said, oh, yeah, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. Club sandwich. Thank you. Uh, so Tiffany. club sandwich number three? Oh, club that's a lot sandwich. of BLTs. Bologna? Is that bologna? Bologna, bologna yes. I yeah, don't bologna like bologna. Good. I love bologna. <clears throat> you like well, bologna? I haven't had bologna in a long time, but growing yeah. up, oh yeah, bologna. Yeah, um, yeah. But a club sandwich. So a club sandwich is like toasted. And it has like turkey and cheese and uh, lettuce, tomato, and all that. And it's like cutting wedges and all that. So yeah, that'll be my number three with a really good sauce. So yeah, my number three is peanut butter and jelly. So I'm gonna give some more. I'm give y'all an opportunity to put y'all number three. Bacon, egg, and cheese, number three. Oh, that's my wife. She good job, that. Brittany. That's good. I didn't even think about breakfast sandwiches. Hold yeah. up. All right. Hold up. No, 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 no. Breakfast sandwiches <laughs> in my breakfast sandwich number is one of my breakfast sandwiches number two. No, oh, I didn't get that. So, no, I don't like any breakfast sandwiches better than I do a club sandwich. So, okay, go ahead. Yeah. My, no, let's see if anybody else want to post number yeah, three. My mom said, Jeannie, yuck. That's what I said. When she said bologna. <laughs> that's, that's funny. <laughs> so that's what's number? Hard, anybody else got the number three? We got 20 something people watching. Let's see. If not, we'll go to number two. Mm -hmm. My number two is this. The sausage, egg, and cheese croissant. I Any kind of that. breakfast croissant. There's this I place. Used... Go ahead, Jeff. No, go ahead. Sorry. no, no. Sorry. My bad. Go oh, ahead. There's this place called Metro Diner, and mm -hmm. the croissant is like this big. Ooh. Two sausage patties, eggs, and cheese with a size of cheese, with a side of cheese grits, man. And for like seven bucks. I said, what? That's a man. You're giving when I come to North Carolina, bro. We're gonna have to go to like we might need to come for a few days so we can go stacks on stacks on stacks. Okay, so uh, you know, carbs on carbs. So, anyway, yeah. um, what I was gonna say about your croissant is I used to make fun of my boss all the time because I said he was bougie. He we would all get like toast, toasted sandwiches, and he's down there getting a croissant, and I was like, man. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, Brittany's rubbing off on you. Uh, cause, uh, that's how Joanne is. You know, they're, they're both, uh, oh, I was, um, yeah, I was loving croissants back when I used to, when I was a kid, my mom used to go to Burger King for breakfast. Yeah. I remember those. Those are good. Oh, 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 I take back club sandwich. I take it back. Can I take it oh, back? Yeah. Oh yeah. No rules. Okay. Here, here's what it is. You ready? Uh, and uh, let me finish my comment though. Uh, Brittany and Joanne are bringing us up to another level. So that's why I said that. Uh, yes. So number three, you ready? The sourdough Jack from Jack in the Box. Now you're right. Sourdough is next to croissant. There's something about a, a good sourdough bread toasted. That sourdough Jack. I've been to Jack in the Box since I only. I think the last time I went to Jack in the Box, my wife and I were like dating. 
That was like seven years ago, eight years ago, maybe nine, seven years ago. Bro, I need you to go back and get a sourdough jack. I go back, I'm relapsing, bro. Can't go back. All right, have her go pick it up for you and bring it into the house. Because I still drive and I will lie, not lie, but I will just, hey, go into the store, be right back. Uh, how many times have I done that and gone to Publix? I, I'm over in the snack aisle eating like a crackhead yeah. on. <laughs> and that's one thing about Publix is so dangerous, man. Sometimes I gotta walk into Publix and make a left because if I go right and I sm and I even hear yes, a fresh batch of chicken that they just dropped a fresh bag of uh, uh, breaded chicken wings. Do you, do you that, like their subs? I haven't really had a sub from there. Okay, the public subs are like the best in the world. So I put that as a tie with number three for Sourdough Jack. Okay. All right, sorry. I'll, I'll you did you did your number two. I'll give you my number two. You ready? Yeah. It's called I'd Find the Rappers in the Car, Brittany said. That's hilarious. All right. <laughs> She's telling part, on you. It's right. part of marriage. Uh, number two, and I'm gonna have to explain this and build it up. So it's called <laughs> so it's it was made in my hometown. Okay. And then it kind of got famous at some other places, like uh, different places had it. Exactly. Public subs are bomb. That's right, Brittany. So um, join get the sub? chicken. Join get the I, chicken. What did you say? How can I? It's hard for me to get a sub when I see the wings. Just, yeah. Well, you could get both. All right. So anyway, they have, oh, no, as they have chicken tender sub at Publix. And Joanne always gets it. It's fried chicken. It's the fried chicken uh, so on I, the. Let me ask you this question, though. Yeah. If I get the fried chicken sub, because mm -hmm. when I go to Harris Teeter and when I used to get subs from Harris Teeter, they had the warmer thing where they put your sub in yes, the warmer. Warm. Yes. So they, they, they'll put my sandwich yes. in. The, then the game's over then. Yeah. I want you to go try it. You'll love it. Okay. It Mom, I already know that's my next one. Okay. Uh, wedgie. So, it, so it's called it's called a wedgie. I'm looking up. And what it. it is, is it's a, it's a pie shell, like a pizza pie. And then it's like Philly cheesesteak, cheese, but they cook every this this place uh, called Toby's. They cook their steak overnight for like eight to twelve hours or something like that. So it's like extra soft. They Parmesan cheese in it, uh, Worcestershire if that's how you pronounce it, <laughs> and uh, uh, say that three times, Worcestershire. Mm -hmm. All right. Anyway, and then um, right. So anyway, it, it's basically imagine a pizza. Imagine two pieces of pizza, right? Blank, nothing on them. Okay. Exactly. Kind of like that. Scroll Ooh. down a little bit. Man, that looks good, bro. Anyway, but that, that's not as good as the one that uh that there right there in the middle. See the ham one right there? This one? Go down, fill it right there, but it's steak instead. And they make their mayonnaise homemade, their Italian dressing homemade, their steak is homemade, and their pie is homemade, and it is amazing. That looks good. I ain't gonna lie to you. Not that not that version. I like this. Not I, that one. That this one right here. Which is one? that a is that a wedgie? Which one? Oh, uh, oh, uh, that one. Yes, yes, it is. But they're pulling the thing out, and that's a different one because it's different cheeses. But usually, I get provolone, then steak, and then uh, lettuce, tomato, onion, and mayonnaise, and Italian dressing on the same thing. It's it's so uh, which they wrap it in aluminum foil, and make it like it's it's still crispy, but it's like chewy. And you have it fries on the side. It's the best sandwich you ever have in your life. To be honest with you, that's almost my number one. It, it almost is my number one. Yes, Mama grilled cheese is good. Grilled cheese are good. Grilled sandwiches I like grilled are cheese. good. I like grilled cheese if it's made with a different type of cheese. I don't like American cheese. Tuna melt. My wife, I, I, I can't rock with tuna melt. I can't rock with tuna melt. Henry would love that. He'd eat the tuna melt with you. Steak sandwich. 
Amen. So yeah, steak. I you know I'm from Pennsylvania, so I eat anything. It sounds good. Listen, you can't go wrong with a good, nice, cold. I'm talking about the jelly. Got to be cold. That nice. Have you good... ever had a? Have you ever had a warm PB and J from uh, from from which witch? They what? I know I know where there's a witch witch at, but I didn't really mm -hmm. like that. Go there and they have a warmed, toasted PB and J. Wherever you gotta go, try. I was gonna go there, but I, I heard I saw the word witch, and I was like, but it was witch like sandwich. You know, yeah, I, I get it. Well, you can just you throw some holy water on it for you. Yeah, it straight. I'm just kidding. Because no matter where we go, we make it holy. So exactly. I don't care if a witch makes it. If, it's, if a witch can cook. <laughs> Grilled cheese with bacon. Number two, we got a bagel sandwich from Dunkin' Donuts. Okay, I see. I've never, did. I've never had that. Although I will say, I've had, have you ever had, do you guys have an Einstein bagels in Charlotte? Yeah, we got one street from my house. I had a bagel uh, from there one time, bagel sandwich, and it had uh, locks, so it's like a real thinly shaved uh, salmon with cream cheese and like a and like a sauce on it. It was fantastic. So yeah, that's. Oh yeah, I forgot about a Reuben. Man, all right, this is difficult. Yeah, sandwich, you I take do love Reuben. It took me a long time to come up with my list, Jeff. This is hard, man. I okay, so I do love Rubens on rye, and I'm weird like that. A lot of people don't like rye bread. I could eat it all day with sauerkraut and everything else, but that's like a Pennsylvania thing. Um, so to recap, so, my number three, right. those who just joined us, was a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. My number two was a sausage, egg, and cheese croissant, not the one from Burger King, but a little bit more bougie and upscaled, right? Yep. And Jeff's number three was what, Jeff? The wedgie? Sa no, the wedgie no, was number two. Sourdough oh. jack. Mixed with uh club sandwich, right? Yeah, but no, I no, I I moved club sandwich. I'm just doing sourdough jack. Okay, and number two is what with, with with a chocolate banana milkshake on the side. <laughs> we got to listen. We got to no 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 meat without sweets, bro. And then uh, a wedgie was my number two. And what's your number one? Double cheeseburger. Wait till I show you what I'm about to. So mine is a burger as well. I want you to do this. I want you to go to Google right now. I want right you now. to type in double coronary bypass burger. I think I saw Here, this. I'm going to type it to you. I got it right here. So double binary. No. Here, I just text it in the private chat. Okay. Pick that up. Put it in there. And, say, and then type in vortex grill. And it's had, it, had this burger before? And the, uh, yes. And I ate all the fries with it too, and everybody was like in shock, but I don't care. <clears throat> now, yeah, man, the place where it's at, they're extremely weird. Um, and uh, <laughs> it's in Atlanta, but there's a lot of weirdness in Atlanta. Um, yeah. <laughs> but pull up the sandwich. Hey, so, mm -hmm. now, so What's that restaurant, Vortex. Yeah, just type B R T. Was this on diners, drivers, and dives? Yes, it was. It was on. No, yeah, it, was I, on man, it was either that man or man versus, versus food. Yeah. No, it was on man versus yep. food because I remember this. Yep. And I was just so so. Let, so let me describe it to y'all. Whoa! It so it you know so everybody said they like grilled cheese, right? So yeah. it is two grilled cheeses. Okay, so uh, what is a grilled cheese? It's What's bread, that? cheese, bread that's buttered and fried, right? That's the bottom of the burger. Then it's a, a huge burger followed by six slices of cheese, six eggs, uh, uh, like five slices of bacon. Wow. And then and then on top of it, and then lettuce, tomato, onion, whatever else you want on it. And then on top of that, 
another grilled cheese of bread, cheese, and bread. Now, the one that you're looking at is like the quadruple uh, uh, bypass. That's not the double. The double is just two grilled cheeses. That one looks like the triple or the quadruple. No, I did not eat that. Oh, I'm I ate the <laughs> no. I ate the double, which is uh, basically two grilled cheese sandwiches. So one on top, one on bottom, and then the burger, the eggs, the bacon, and all that kind of stuff. Man, it, and it, and I want to tell you, it was the best burger I have ever had in my entire life. Now you can get the coronary bypass. What, which is uh, basically just uh, everything I said, except for it's a bun. It's not a grilled cheese, so it's less. But the double coronary has two um, grilled cheeses in it. And who would have thought to put a grilled cheese with a burger? I mean, it's... That's genius, honestly. It's genius. And they have all kinds of stuff there. Uh, to be honest with you, we should probably go there. I mean, the place is weird, but I'm telling you what. It is we get it the to go. best... It is the best burger. Maybe me and you go by ourselves. And then, uh, but maybe Joanna and Brittany would like to go. We'd have to no. put the kids somewhere because I don't think they allow kids in there. No, because no. we'll just go by ourselves to get it to go because I don't I don't have time to be, to feel those eyes judging me. Yeah, while yeah. yeah. I, okay, yes, I agree with you. Yeah, good. So I was right in the first place. All right. <laughs> Let's see everybody's number one. We got Reuben for Mama. Mama says Reuben. My wife says I love Reuben. And I love Italian hoagies. I love that. Fifty Green says a vegan burger. Nothing wrong with that. Now I ain't gonna judge you guys. No, no, that that nope. Throw that in the trash. Burgers and are number then, one. <laughs> and I'm Jean, sorry. Auntie, this Auntie, right? This your aunt, right? Yeah. Aunt yep. says any sandwich. Yeah, you listen. Ain't nothing better adding some French fries to a sandwich. Yeah, so that's like something that they did in Pennsylvania years ago because the truckers would drive through, and they had yeah. to get. Yeah, they had to get. Um, they wanted to be able to get back on the road quickly. And so instead of eating their fries on the side, they would say, put my fries on my sandwich so they yeah. could eat it faster and it stuck. And um, I love any fries on any sandwich I love. Yeah. Well, maybe next time we'll do our top three favorite kind of fries. Ooh. You know. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We can. We can. Oh, we can definitely do that. Oh, I already got. I almost yeah. got all of them right now. Yes, so we can yeah. definitely do that. We'll save, we'll save that for me and you are definitely, you and I are definitely meat and potatoes. Uh, yeah, meat and potatoes. People. Meat so, and potatoes. Um, uh, I could eat fries with every meal. <laughs> just, Same here. I can eat fries every day, but man, that's that's, that's uh, them carbs catch up with you. Oh yeah, I mean you can't do it every day. Uh, no. Oh, and the ones that I'm thinking of. Anyway. Yeah, I know. I really. That's, tune in next week. Lord willing. No, not next week, the week after. Oh, week after. Yeah, because yeah. We're on spring break next week. Yeah. We're on spring break vacation. We love y'all, man. We hope y'all got yep. some out of this podcast. We pray that our answers were a blessing to you all. Yes. We pray that the food portion brought some level of humor and uh made your mouth water and um hopefully um was able to create a cheat meal option for you this weekend. Um <laughs> I pray you touch someone that you hold on. <laughs> That you that you hug someone that you love. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, this weekend is when uh uh it is um spring break, and I am definitely I got all kinds of stuff coming, bro. I'm gonna take pictures and send them to you. Sounds good, my brother. Yep. Well, y'all enjoy it. We'll see y'all in two weeks. Y'all yep. be blessed. Anything else you want to say, Jeff? Well, thank you guys for joining. Um 
it's a blessing to be able to be used of the Lord to just speak into your lives. And so, you know, with, with everything, I will tell you, you probably never hear this from a preacher. You should always go search the scriptures to see if what we said bears witness to the truth. Yep. Because at the end of the day, we are men and we want you to come to Christ and to do what he says. So always pray about what God uh, ha has, you know, even what we say to you, we hope that it, it sparks something on the inside of you to want to go search the scriptures for yourself. So God can speak to you directly as well. So yeah, don't take our word for it. Go to the word for it. You know what yep. I'm saying? Like, see if it lines up. Because at the end of the day, those who have nothing to gain from the gospel don't mind preaching the full gospel. Right. Simple as that. So please fact check us, not like the government does. <laughs> Let me stop. But fat put a little fact check with the word of God. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, uh and just and just make sure that we line up. We pray in our ultimate goal. Is that this leads you to him? Yes, this inspires you to get back into the inspired word of God. That's our goal that yeah. you only look at us as a resource, not right. the source. Right? We love y'all, man. Y'all be said. blessed. We'll see y'all next week. Y'all take care. Love you. Bye. Peace.